The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What is the cloud? It's not just pie in the sky anymore. SAP presents In the Cloud with Game Changers with your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Are you in the cloud yet? If you are, do you know how to maximize its potential? Get ready for an hour of innovations and innovators who will explain how they are using the cloud. Find out how to make it work for you or work more effectively for you. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Hybrid, that's the word of the day. Well, I have news for you. It's not just about cars anymore. The newest hybrid in today's fast lane is the cloud. No surprise, because we're called In the Cloud with Game Changers. Let me tell you a little bit about what my guest panel has to say about all this. Kamesh Pemaraju described it way back in 2010, seems like a lifetime ago. He said, Many industry observers believe that companies will move toward using a combination of private and public clouds in a hybrid architecture based on their business needs and workload characteristics. And Kamesh will explain that in a few minutes. Laurent Lachelle from Ovum adds to that, Cloud computing is hybrid because it's user-centric. Hybrid clouds are about finding the right organization-specific mix of cloud resources. Listen up. That means you can customize this whole thing. Evelyn Rivera Candelaria notes, who says he or she has used business solutions in the cloud and still thinks it's hype? has not really been there yet. Those are fighting words, and we'll hear more from Evelyn in a minute. And do you know enough about your company's needs to answer the following questions from our fourth guest, Peter Russo? He says, some companies that really scale areas of their public cloud may find too much inflexibility to customize to their needs, or they might find that integration is becoming a heavy burden. So what will the platform be? One, several, question mark, question mark, question mark. So join us today for the next hour as we look skyward for illuminating answers to the big question, hybrid cloud. What model will you drive? And a P.S. here for nutritious food for thought. Catch our other program, Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, live right here on the Business Channel Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. So I'd like to introduce my guests. We'll do a quick overview of who they are, and I'll start talking to them in a moment. Kamesh Pemaraju is a Senior Product Manager for Cloud Solutions at Dell, with a specific focus on the Dell OpenStack-powered cloud solution. Kamesh, who's been on radio with me many times, has a strong history of bringing cloud technology products to market. Welcome, Kamesh, all the way from Las Vegas, Nevada. How are you today? Pretty good. I'm enjoying the hot weather here in Las Vegas and have been part of many conversations at the conference. And guess what? Most of the conversations have been about the cloud. No surprise Uh, there. 
Uh, no surprise there, and that's why you're on the second show in a row here on the cloud with Game Changers. Let me welcome my second guest, Laurent Lachal, leads Ovum Software Group's cloud computing research. Laurent works in close cooperation with other Ovum team members within the software group and the Ovum IT services, telecom, and vertical industry teams to cover various aspects of the cloud. Welcome, Laurent. How are you today? I'm fine. I'm calling from London. I'm afraid it's not particularly warm here. Okay. Well, we have a variation. And you know something? Today, instead of the crystal ball at the end of the show, I'm going to ask you all to do the cloud forecast. I think we're going to switch gears. So you can give a weather forecast based on where you are as far as and what you see. Let's bring on Peter Russo. I'd like to hear your voice added. Peter is a senior director of marketing at SAP, supporting SAP rapid deployment solutions since 2011. In this role, Peter supports the overall marketing strategy and how SAP rapid deployment solutions are revolutionizing the way customers buy and consume SAP solutions. Welcome, Peter. How are you today? Thank you, Bonnie. Doing great. Thanks for having me uh, on the program again. Wonderful. Well, you were on coffee break, so we had to do a cross-pollination and get you on the show. Where are you you calling from today, Peter Russo? I am calling from Washington, D.C., where finally the skies have opened, a few clouds, some sunshine. So I'm happy to not have so many clouds finally after a week of rainy weather. Good. Well, I'm in New York, and we've had very similar weather weather pattern here. But we'll be talking to you about, in the closing segment, what your cloud cast cloud forecast is. And I'd like to welcome another newcomer to the show. Evelyn Rivera Candelaria is a senior solution specialist with the Solution Assembly and Packaging Department at SAP, driving the cloud and virtualization topic for the last two years. She's in close contact with partners interested in or already offering rapid deployment solutions on cloud environments. Welcome. Evelyn, how are you today? Where are you calling from? Hi, Bonnie. I'm fine. I'm calling from um, Germany, um, around Waldorf, and you can figure today was summer. It was so hot. We really got the sweat. Lovely. So we've got one from Las Vegas, one from Washington, D.C., one from London, and one from Baldorf. What a panel. This is is great. Uh, The cloud is something that's all over. So let's go through your quotes. I want to bring everybody's POV point of view into this opening segment. Kamesh, you were observing this a while ago. 2010 seems like a century ago, I think, with how fast technology is moving. So the combination, give us a little level setting here. Private, public, hybrid. Define for me, please. Okay, so we, when we talk about public clouds, typically people refer to uh, things like Amazon.com or Rackspace for infrastructure services, or, or when they talk about applications, they are, they are talking about things like uh, Salesforce, uh, you know, CRM, uh, or SAP on-demand applications that they can access over the Internet in a public arena. Um, so these are, these are applications you can just get access to through a browser typically. They don't reside, you, the applications don't reside on-premise. You don't have any servers. You don't have any capital investment in anything. You just go and access whatever you need to on the Internet, whatever applications you need. You pay by the drink, typically per user per month. That's a public cloud. And as people saw the benefits of what that, that is, that, that provides to end users, Many enterprises started saying, hey, you know, that's wonderful. You know, how can I get an Amazon type infrastructure as a service within my enterprise? How can I get something like a SAP on demand application inside my enterprise? Uh, and that was the sort of the germination of the idea of a private cloud. 
Uh, and, you know, we had virtualization technologies that have been around for a few years, but now people are thinking of taking that to the next level and getting the same type of agility and cost benefits that they are, they are now getting from public services. And that's a private cloud. Now, okay. as, we, as we look at the uh, emergence of these two types of clouds, um, inevitably the discussion goes to, hey, I want to use some stuff in the private cloud, some stuff in the public cloud, and I want to be able to move things around. I want to be able to, you know, orchestrate between them. In other words, quote-unquote, hybrid. That's sort of what they want to do. Are we there yet? Probably not, and we can talk about that later. We will. Thank you. Great introduction, and thanks for defining, because I still think it's it's new to a lot of people who may be listening to the show, so we always try to level set. Let's add the voice of Laurent Lachelle from Ovum. You say hybrid clouds are about finding the right organization-specific mix of cloud resources. So take it from where Kamesh left off, Laurent. Let's take this a little deeper, please. Sure. If you look at the terminology, cloud computing started at... Um, as a synonym for infrastructure as a service, as Kamesh mentioned, Amazon Web Services, as well as platform as a service, uh, something like um, the Google App Engine. Then it expanded to uh, software as a service, which is a, a trend which started before the, the term cloud computing was uh, uh, mainstream. And then it expanded from the notion of cloud, which is what infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, and software as a service is, to this notion of private cloud, um, and then moved on to the notion of hybrid. And hybrid is not just about uh, mixing private and public. It's also about mixing infrastructure service, platform service, and software as a service. It's also about in-between offerings, such as virtual private cloud, which are private cloud on top of a public cloud, or shared uh, private cloud, which are private but uh, used by several organizations, not just one. And then there is the mix of these two, uh, which is the virtual shared private cloud. Um, so this, this, as, uh, this notion of computer uh, computing has evolved, we've seen a, a lot of new innovation in the way these various elements are mixed together in order to cater for specific organization uh, requirements. And obviously, it's up to each organization to pick and mix the bits that are more uh, relevant to their need and also to pick them to the level that is uh, relevant to their requirements. Thank you, Laurent. That sounds like a smorgasbord to me. We'll be talking more about the choices and examples when we start our roundtable in the second segment. Evelyn Rivera Candelaria, I want to ask you, you, you had some fighting words here. You say, whoever he or she is who say they've used business solutions in the cloud and they still think it's hype, it's woohoo, has not been there yet. Why do you say that? Well, because if, if, they were, if these people were in a real optimized cloud environment for their business, they would recognize that this is not a hype. It is expanding your data centers for the business into um, the capacity you need at that time and um, bringing it uh, down to the optimized minimum, uh, lowering costs. So um, it is not playing. You see, this is real business, and it's going to get better with time, but we'll definitely talk about that later on, I guess. 
It's in the formative stages. Yes, we will. And so that's part of why we have this show in the cloud with Game Changers, because we want people to hear from experts like all of you. And I'm going to bring on Peter Russo now. Peter, you say some companies are scaling in their public cloud, inflexibility. How do they customize integration? Heavy burden. You're giving me a headache already. So is is the hybrid a headache or is it an excitement? And, and how big a journey does a company have to take to get to a solution, some kind of a mix that works for them? What do you think? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it's it's true. I mean, it, I think overall it's very exciting. It, it could be a painful process because, you know, this this is a, you know, a big change for the IT industry. And I think anytime you have a big change like this, uh, companies and, and vendors will push a new model to a limit in some ways, and it's going to take some time to to, to find exactly, you know, what's the best fit uh, for, for private, for on-premise, public, um, you know, everything that Laurent just mentioned. I had kind of a vision of a big ball of spaghetti in my head, and that really brings up, um, you know, probably the most important issue right now is how do you manage integration between all of these different environments and platforms from a data level, from a process level, um, you know, the whole idea is to, to make this simple for customers, and, and maybe it doesn't seem so simple today, and that's, that's definitely something, you know, we all have to, to work to, to make happen on the market. Peter, we have a vast audience uh, for the Coffee Break Show. We've got over 20,000 people a month listening to our shows, and we're trying to convert those people to fans of In the Cloud as well. What size company would be interested in this? Are we talking hybrid for a small startup, let's say, in their initial business plan? Are we talking mid-sized, established company? Or are we talking about the big behemoths of industry in any any arena in business? Where where would sure. you see hybrid being a valid word? And you got to give me a 30-second answer because we're almost up to our break. All right, 30 seconds. You got it. I think this is something <laughs> for, for all companies that they have to grapple with. So, of course, you can have uh, the big companies, uh, P&G, uh, ConAgra, Walmart, um, you know, of course, they're, they're dealing with this right now. But even the smallest companies, I mean, before I came to SAP, I was with a small consulting company. We moved from mm-hmm. about 45 people when I first joined to about triple the size. And we were dealing with, you know, how do we integrate our calendar and outlook to our CRM system that was in the cloud to our, our project and resource management system that was partially some some portions in the in the cloud, some on premise. So it's it's really something I think all sizes of companies have to deal with right now. Thank you very much, and you did give me a 30-second answer, and I appreciate that. We're up against our first break. We're talking to Laurent, Kamesh, Evelyn, and Peter. We'll be right back with more In the Cloud with Game Changers. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. 
Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. Okay, let's get down to business here. I'd like to open this part of our roundtable with Kamesh Pemaraju, currently with Dell and calling in from warm and sunny Las Vegas. Kamesh, you sent me the following information. I want to expand on it. You say the ideal scenario for hybrid is when applications in the cloud look and behave exactly like their counterparts within the data center. This can be challenging if you're dealing with multiple cloud vendors and a variety of architectures. What do you mean? So the reality of uh, today's cloud infrastructure applications and platforms is they're all very different. And for a good reason. Many of these providers want to differentiate, and so they build in some specific capabilities, whether it's at the API level or at the service level, And so the applications inherently are not built for easy portability between between different clouds or even easy integration between different clouds. And there was one company that I was working with that had 10 different SaaS applications that they were using, one for HR, one for marketing, one for sales, uh, you name it. Uh, And then at some point, it was great for some time. They were able to use these things in isolation in silos, but after some time, they realized that they had to integrate send data between those locations, different locations, different cloud providers, and guess what? That was not an easy journey because there were no easy interfaces available, and if they wanted to take out the data or the application from one cloud provider and move to another one for whatever reason, if they're not happy with the provider or the SLA is not good enough and they want to take their stuff out, that's not easy either. And that's really what I was referring to earlier about, you know, I think what we need to have is good standards good portability, and good integration between the various cloud applications and infrastructure and platforms. And we're not there today. Okay. That's we're going to talk. Point, Kamesh. This Go is ahead, Peter. Peter. Russo, and and mm-hmm. I just want to, to emphasize that, that there's really still this, um, this lack of standards that's holding back on the integration, um, you know, that, that we should see in the future, hopefully, for, uh, for the cloud. And the funny thing about it a little bit, I mean, if you just look at the, the history is that, you know, we got to a point with um, applications, let's say especially industry solutions, which could be a lot of point solutions on-premise, where you know, started to be a big focus and, and push for integration. And, and certainly that, that didn't get uh, totally there. Now moving into the cloud, we're almost seeing the formation of a lot of SaaS silos out there, like I like to call it. And, um, you know, we're kind of grappling with the same issue that we've been talking about from probably the last 15 years in the IT industry. That's exactly right. And 
And I, uh, just one more point I want to add is, yeah. you know, I was talking about applications earlier. The issue is very, very similar on the infrastructure side. So if you have a bunch of servers uh, or compute capacity or storage or what have you within your data center, it's not easy to move, quote-unquote, move to a public uh, provider or bring it back in-house. So the ideal sort of scenario, the nirvana of all this, is that you have a seamless way of moving things from one place to another place and a seamless way to burst out the term that they use is bursting. So if I need more capacity in an external cloud, I just burst out and get that additional capacity on demand. Today, that's not easy to do. There's still a lot of work to be done by the industry and by various players. I want to ask Laurent from your perspective. I'm hearing an echo, Brad. I don't know where we've got it, but it's somewhere there. Um, I want to ask Laurent from Ovim, what do you think about all this? Is it really that difficult? Do you think we're making progress with this, this notion of hybrid and figuring out where do you do your cloud burst? Where do you, where do you stay on premise? Where do you move to the cloud, the mix, the interoperability? Talk to me. I mean, integration is an ongoing problem for IT. So from that point of view, by expanding the amount of the number of options you have, um, increase that, that, that problem. The problem has always been there. And also the problem with uh, the notion of cloud computing, as we mentioned earlier on, is that as a word, it kind of fails a little bit in the sense that Instead of talking about cloud computing, what we should do is be much more specific and talk about software as a service, platform as a service, infrastructure as a service. Because, the, because as Kamesh mentioned, the integration uh, issues at each of these levels are completely different from one another, which is actually one of the reasons why the, the standardization process is slow, because it has to deal with a variety of integration issues. Okay, thank you. Evelyn? Um, Yeah. um, What I see is that um, lines of business who are actually bringing those point solutions into the companies, uh, they are not aware of this. And uh, the integration problems start when they need to uh, have business insight on what's going on on the company. And then they realize they cannot put that information together because integration is not there. But um, how, how can companies address this problem in the architectural world? So the way you work with companies, Evelyn, what do you see? How do you help people guide? How do you guide them to address the problems? And I'm going to go into that in a little more. But just give us a little bit about what you, what you tell. What, you, what do you encounter with your work? Well, we recommend not to um, integrate too many different um, yeah, um, point solutions which need to uh, transfer data because you can, of course, consume services which are um, bringing you information, like information brokers or so, and having these um, this, uh, point solutions integrated into your on-premise systems. But if you were looking for uh, data um, transfer and, and analytics and so on, um, it makes sense to have um, a kind of uniform interfaces between the vendors. And this you get if you try to get to, to a, a more homogeneous offering and not uh, like you find all over the place um, four or five different companies integra- trying to integrate into one 
business. Okay, thank you, Evelyn. Um, okay, Kamesh, I want to talk to you about starting up a company and looking at cloud. And we're hearing, uh, Brad, we're hearing a lot of background from your station there, from the studio in the line. Uh, Kamesh, talk to me about, let, let's talk about a startup today. Let's talk about, they, they say, okay, we're putting together a budget. We have this great idea for a company, and we think we, we've heard about cloud. It's a wonderful thing, and do we need servers? Do we need a big ID department? Can we offload everything and get rid of on-premise, never even touch the idea of an on-premise footprint? Can we put everything in the cloud? How would that work? Is that a good idea? a bad idea? When would hybrid come into that conversation, Kamesh? So I, I, uh, last few years, I've been working with a, with a number of startups. And, and overwhelmingly, what I found was many of these companies are just going directly to the public cloud uh, for solutions, whether, whether it's applications, infrastructure, or platforms. Uh, and, and, and there's one example that I can actually give. I can't name the client, but there was a customer that I was working with earlier last year, uh, that actually went and brought pretty much all SaaS applications to run their business. They started their, uh, their company uh, back in 2011, and when they launched mm-hmm. the company, they pretty much had all point SaaS applications to run their accounting, their marketing, their sales, and pretty much everything was out in the cloud. They didn't have one single server in-house. Now, mm-hmm. that said, uh, as the company grows, uh, they'll start to see issues around integration, you know, data in one, one application needs to move to another one, so there will be some application integration issues they have to deal with. And then as they grow bigger and bigger, they will then start to run into some scalability and cost issues. Uh, and there's one great example here at Interop yesterday. Uh, I'm sure you, all of you heard of the uh, game called uh, Farmville on Facebook. Sure. Uh, the company's name is Zynga. They originally started off their entire data center. 80% of their applications were running on Amazon, which is a public cloud service. Right. And when they got to a certain scale, they found that they were not able to tune or manage their applications the way they wanted for their business, and the cost was also skyrocketing. So today, after a year later, 80% of the applications are in their private cloud. So they moved back 80% of their applications, and only 20% is in a public cloud. So I think the journey uh, of a cloud environment uh, starts off with a public cloud environment for a startup, and then as they grow, they'll probably you know, bring some of it back in-house and have some sort of a hybrid strategy. For yeah. large enterprises, oh, I think it's a sorry. little different because companies yeah, look, already oh, yeah. have some stuff um, in-house, and, and they want to uh, you know, use both, both public and private as, they, as their business needs. Hey, Kamesh, I, this is Peter. I think that's a really good point. Um, you know, I think when you're a startup company, you do kind of have that that clean slate advantage up front where, where it's easier because you don't have any existing data in many cases to just jump onto you know, a SaaS solution or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'd like to bring up one customer I'm working with called Merrifield um, uh, Nurseries and Gardens. They're actually here in the, the mid-Atlantic in northern Virginia. So uh, if you do live in the area, great garden center to, to check out. What's very interesting is they're a 40-year-old business, they had a, a custom solution uh, for a long time that just wasn't working. And why wasn't it working? It was because they went from a nursery to now they have cafes there. They have a wine shop with wine tasting. It's really a cool shop. So they needed something that they could, you know, 60%, 70% use as a standard solution, ERP, and then customize the remaining. 
where they got added value, though, is then they brought this solution onto a private cloud, and they're using one of these big kind of uh, infrastructure as a service out there because they have such a seasonality in their business. So, you know, they're super busy in, in spring and fall. Summer gets a little quiet. Uh, besides the holidays and in, in the winter, uh, it goes very quiet. So they need to be able to scale up and down, and they're using the cloud to do that with a, a very customized uh, solution that fits their unique business. Great, great example, Peter. Thank you. Laurent, I heard you in the yeah. background. You're dying to say something. It's your turn now. Go. Thanks. Um, yeah, <laughs> when it comes to startup, yes, cost is an issue. Yes, the fact that they don't have legacy system is, is also a reason. But the core reason is very simple. They don't have any choice. Venture capitalists at the moment will not fund your infrastructure because of the public cloud. So as far as, you, uh, as a startup is, concer- is concerned, it has absolutely no choice. It's the public cloud, full stop. Then, yes, as Kamesh mentioned, with the case of Zynga, um, as they grow successful, then they can start looking at private cloud options. But, you know, moving to this, back to the notion of, of hybrid cloud that we were discussing, mm-hmm. even when they have their own private cloud, they have uh, an, an hybrid cloud approach to it. Um, first, uh, uh, the notion of product cloud is not synonym with internal cloud. A product cloud is, by definition, something which eventually will reach out to uh, outside resources one way or another. Um, but from you know, the point of view of a company like Zynga, what they do is they take a life cycle approach to things like games. So, for example, when a game starts and there is no um, uh, no sure um, uh, uh, certainty that this game will be successful, then it is deployed on a public cloud. When the game turns out to be successful, it's brought back for a variety of reasons, including control, into the, the public cloud. And then when the games start to lose its, its appeal, becomes some kind of a cash cow, then it's time to move it back to uh, a public cloud to uh, deal with the kind of the long, long tail demand for it. So, uh, yeah, startups uh, use the public cloud because they don't have any choice. The venture capitalists want to fund their own infrastructure. Then when they develop their own private cloud, they have this uh, hybrid approach which take a life cycle management approach to the, uh, the, the product evolution. Thank you, Laurent. That's a great point. I think we're covering a lot of great information. Would you believe we're already at the halfway point? I love it when my guests talk to each other, and I like the energy, so let's keep that going. You're listening to the second edition, yes, brand new series here of In the Cloud with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie DeGram here with Kamesh Pemiraju, Laurent Lachelle. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Peter Russo and Evelyn Rivera Candelaria. We'll be right back with more, and we'll be talking about what happens if you're a big company and you're all over the place, a little here, a little there, private cloud, public cloud, how do you approach hybrid and what works for you? So we'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that mouse. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? 
think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. And we're back. We're talking about hybrid today, not the Prius. We're talking about hybrid in the cloud. Is it private? Is it public? Is it a server? Is it an IT department? Is it something way up there in the public cloud? How do you handle it, manage it? How do you envision it? We've been talking about how it's potentially easier for a startup company to understand what they want to do. They're starting with a clean slate. You all know the concept, the brain study concept of tabula rasa. Yes, I think that's a little bit of Latin makes me sound intelligent. It means a clean slate. Let's flip this on its ear. Kamesh, let's kick this off with you, please. Second part of our roundtable. Big Big companies, been hearing about cloud. You must work with them all the time. Here's about cloud, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. A couple of years down the road, do they have a mishmash? Do they have a clear mission? How do you clean it up and figure out exactly the percent of hybrid that's going to work beautifully? Is that a, a pipe dream, Kamish? Great question, Bonnie. Um, if you recall, you. in the last uh, conversation, the last radio show, I mentioned about two different approaches to cloud. One is revolutionary approach, and the other is an evolutionary approach. I now, do. revolutionary approach is about greenfield applications or brand-new, uh, next-generation, social, Web, web 2.0, highly scalable, you know, customer-facing, consumer-facing type of apps, the kind of things we see in Facebook and Google and stuff like that. You know, that I term is revolutionary, and typically, with all the existing legacy burdens that large enterprises have, I mean, mm-hmm. everything from networking architecture, existing networking tools, infrastructure, security policies, firewalls, CDN systems, you name it. I mean, uh, traditional enterprises already have a bunch of these things in-house. And if they want to go and build a Facebook-like app, uh, those are not the right kind of infrastructures or tools. Uh, I mean, there are, there are enterprise tools that allow you to do that, but they don't scale. They aren't cost-effective. Uh, they can actually drag you down. So, the way, but here's the reality, though. We're already seeing, I, I work with a large number of, uh, you know, Fortune 500 companies, and many of the cloud initiatives are department-focused. So someone in a department says, you know, I'm fed up with the IT group. I want to get my own servers. So off he goes, swipes his credit card, gets a bunch of servers from Amazon, or the sales guys go, go off and get a Salesforce account, whatever it is. You find this mishmash of, you know, unregulated, 
um, things that are out there that are not even being governed. The security guy gets uh, gets you know nightmares at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're dealing with a very very complex situation in a large enterprise. So it's useful to think of cloud along the two dimensions I talked about, evolutionary and revolutionary, and then decide which workloads go where, and then uh, take your strategy that way. But today, it is a mishmash, and the hybrid solutions haven't caught up yet uh, for, for enterprises to be able to integrate or even be able to use public and private in a, in a, in a nice, seamless way. Evelyn, go ahead. Yes, actually, um, I know a company, a $2 billion company in the media industry, who is just uh, going the other way. They're saying the whole company is going for a hybrid um, environment, um, running their non-productive systems in in the cloud where they can uh, bring them down whenever they don't need it, and uh, getting their productive systems in their uh, in-house databases so that they will have a much more um, yeah lower cost and uh, flexibility of uh, usage of the resources, because then they can use their data center to uh, fulfill the business needs for productive use. But I just wanted to uh, make a comment of what you said before. Um, When you're looking at at the strategy in the data centers and the companies, um, we need a kind of evolution here, too, because the IT people are not the gurus of the command line anymore. Mm-hmm. So IT people need to change their mindset and start talking to their LOB people. And if the line of business is looking for a an, an, uh, point solution, they, they can be like the brokers who can help them to find the right um, on-demand solution to fit the complete architecture and fit the, the, the company's strategy. And then you can have both. You can have happy business people who are working uh-huh. with the tools they like and happy IT people because they can integrate these solutions into their architecture most easily if they have a chance to look at them first before they, all the business data is in this other database again. Excellent point, Evelyn. Laurent, you want to comment on that? Is she onto something big here? Well, yes, um, definitely it's about culture more than it is about technology. Yes, and it all yes. depends um, about uh, on on the type of culture that you have, um, and usually the more uh, controlled the IT, the more likely that you have uh, um, the, the growth of a, of a kind of shadow IT, which is public cloud based, because. Uh, of the uh, the straight jacket of um, what IT has imposed on end users, because at the end of the day, cloud computing is about end users. It's about the fact that for the first time, end users have a real choice. Um, it's 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 like the PC re- re- revolution 20 years ago, but even more mm-hmm. uh, democratic. In a sense that if IT cannot or doesn't want to do something for you, you can turn around, fire a browser, and get it yourself. Um, and that completely redefined the relationship between IT and uh, both line of business executive and uh, the employees themselves. Um, and IT needs to step up that to that challenge. And actually, to a certain extent, the notion of product cloud is all about internal IT keeping up with the public cloud Joneses. And the notion of hybrid cloud is about both IT and 
um, the business side of the enterprise um, coming to um, a consensus on what is the right balance between uh, user choice and IT control. Very interesting. You know, in all the shows we've done, both on the Coffee Break with Game Changers series and here, this is, as I said, the second in this new In the Cloud series. Uh, Kamesh, I think you'll remember this, and Peter, too. It, it always seems to come down to the, the question of corporate culture and strategy and who is deciding that blend, that mix, who gets to decide how do you do it, what do you do, and how do you get people on board to make it all successful. And after all, we're talking about high tech, we're talking about new trends, we're talking about, wow, game-changing, but it all comes down to the people, and that's why we're doing these shows is to talk to real people and have all of you bring the ideas to the table so people can kick them around and say, hey, that sounds good, but would it work in my company? Peter, you want to join this conversation yeah, yeah, about strategy and culture? Point because I think on one Thank side, the, the, the IT departments can bring that bigger picture to the line mm-hmm. of business that the line of business doesn't necessarily see until yes. their own solution grows to a point and they need integration, and for some reason it's an issue because they didn't work with IT up front. On the other hand, the lines of business, they really bring um, a great insight on what their specific needs are uh, to the IT managers. So really this collaboration has to happen, and if it doesn't happen, both are going to be disappointed because the IT department is going to have some kind of rogue business applications or rogue mm-hmm. IT that's not secure and also can have a lot of data inconsistencies, which can be huge mess as, as those types of kind of SaaS silos or things like that grow. And on the other hand, the business users could be really disappointed where they got something, you know, that was fast and quick to, to get up and running, but, you know, they start to, to outgrow it at some point and they're just kind of creating a little bit of a, a mess at the end of the day. Okay, so yes, let's talk about... This is Evelyn. Go um, ahead, what Evelyn. What I just wanted to mention is that when that happens, then exactly the opposite of the purpose of going into the cloud is going to happen. Yep. Then the total cost of operations for these companies, which have um, these, like, pirating um, solutions, which are now needing to be integrated, um, that will cost much more to integrate... The, the information, which is also an asset for the for this company, into the other databases, than uh, just doing it um, in a controlled and an organized way from the beginning. So I, I would really recommend companies, big and and small, to think about their business information needs and optimize this to take the best of both, both worlds: what's on the on the cloud and what's on, on-premise solutions in the company. Thank you, Evelyn. You brought up a great point. And I heard somebody, I think it was Peter, talk about rogue IT. Peter, would you believe that's an upcoming topic here on in our calendar, our editorial calendar in a couple of weeks for In the Cloud with Game Changers? We just might have to invite pitch. Yeah, well, thank you. We just might have to invite you back for that one. Uh, very interesting. We have one minute till break, but when we come back, we're going to do the 
quasi-crystal ball 2017 or as far into the future as you want to go? What do you see in terms of cloud and hybrid? I know you all have some great visions on this. And you can also blend in a cloud weather forecast. But what I'd like you to talk about is let's go back to collaboration, culture, and coming down to people. Do you sit everybody in the auditorium and you say, okay, no rogue IT. Everybody's going to listen up. We'll do 20% private. We'll do 60% this. We'll do 20% this. And everybody's going to listen up and this is how we're going to create the pie chart of cloud distribution versus on-premise. So try to blend in a little bit in your prediction on how that's going to evolve, Kamesh, there's your word. How is it going to evolve that companies are getting this, that they're seeing it and they're really able to control it and make it happen and still have exciting technology to move their information needs, as Evelyn so well put, into where they really need them. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're up against our third and last break. I'm talking to Kamesh Pemaraju, Laurent Lachal, Evelyn Rivera Candelaria, and Peter Russo, and we'll be right back. Don't miss these predictions. This is good stuff, kids. Take it away, Brad. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. And we are back, and we're up to our last section here. Crystal ball question, but we're going to segue that into what's in the cloud today. Let's hear a cloud forecast. Kamesh Pemaraju calling all the way from sunny and warm Las Vegas, and you're with Dell these days. Kamesh, what do you see in the cloud forecast coming ahead five years? Let's go that far out. Can you do it? Sure. Um, I think of it uh, from a uh, from a geographical perspective, Bonnie. Uh, I think what's happening is if you look around the globe, a lot of the emerging economies are jump-starting or leapfrogging, if you will, directly into the cloud. They don't have the legacy burdens. They're not shackled by existing infrastructure. And I think the, the adoption of public clouds in particular will take off in a big way um, in, in emerging economies like uh, India, China, Brazil, Russia and places like that. So I think that's the first part of my prediction. Second, okay. I think hybrid will truly become the reality uh, elsewhere. Today, we don't really have all the orchestration technologies. We don't have the 
the standards, we don't have proper interoperability, but all that will change. Once we reach a certain level of adoption within the industry, I think we will have tools that will enable people to have true hybrid compatibility. The kinds of things we talked about, bursting, the ability to integrate these different applications, standard interfaces, standard protocols, etc. And I don't know if it will get all the way there in five years, uh, but I think we'll get a good portion of the way there. Uh, the other part of the, the third piece of uh, my prediction is that, uh, again, even in the, in the, um, uh, in the advanced economies, we'll see a lot of uh, workloads move into the public cloud, but there'll always be workloads, always be applications that are mission critical, that have sensitive data, that have regulatory mm-hmm. concerns and compliance requirements that will stay behind the firewall. And I don't know what that number is. It's probably going to be 30 or 40% in the five years, in the next five years, and it may come down over the next 10 years. There Thank you go. You come. That's my prediction Thank for you. the next five years. Great prediction. Let's move to Laurent Lachal from Ovim. Laurent, give me a minute here. What are you seeing in the weather forecast in the cloud? Well, I see slow evolution because um, cloud computing is about relationship. It's about change relationship, um, change in the way um, enterprises relate to their um, suppliers, the way they relate to their employee, the way they relate to their IT department, to their IT assets. And relationship evolves slowly. Um, on the front end, I see an evolution towards um, a, the new concept of personal cloud. And here, the notion of hybrid will be about how uh, employees mix and match various services, um, some of them relating to their private life, others relating to their uh, professional life, and how they will reach a, a balance between the two. At the back end, I see um, the rise of cloud federations, um, whereby um, you will have um, ecosystems of uh, clouds on certain uh, technologies, VMware, Microsoft Azure, um, etc. And these federation will become more and more important and eventually uh, integrate with one another. Very good. Thank you. We might have a little time to come back to you at the end, or I want to make sure we stay on our clock. Peter Russo, SAP, what do you see in the cloud forecast from your vantage point? Sure, Bonnie. So I'm going to take it out 10 years, and I'm going to say that right. I see a clear blue sky. And what I mean by that is I don't think the word cloud is really going to exist in the IT jargon as it does Whoa. today, 10 years from now, because I think so much is going to be involved in the cloud that it's going to really be an unnecessary word as far as the, the main users are involved. Um, you know, even today, if I take a look at, at some solutions, I've been working a lot with some mobile sales solutions on my, my iPad, which I'll be mm-hmm. demoing next week at, at the big Sapphire show, and it makes sure. absolutely no difference if the solution is on-premise or cloud to me as the user. I happen to be using one that's coming from the cloud on my iPad, but you have the mm-hmm. same solution, uh, modern interface, great performance, great functionality for the on-premise version. So I think in the future, it's just going to be an unnecessary term. So much of it will be in the cloud, while it's, whether it's private or it's public. And, of course, there's still going to be, especially for core industry solutions with a high uh, transaction volume, a lot of on-premise left as well. But, um, you know, a big move to the cloud overall. Thank you very much, and we're going to do a little plug for Sapphire at the end here. I have something I want to announce about Sapphire. Evelyn Rivera-Candelaria, what do you see in your forecast? Is it going to be cloudy, or will we be – what word do you think we will be using? 
Well, I would predict that it will still be cloudy um, because um, although there there is a um, clear trend to consume um, applications and, and resources in the cloud, we still have this velocity-giving uh, um, pattern parameter, which is the uh, network latency. And uh, I don't think that the network will make it to the pace of what consumers would like to consume. So um, I see at least 30% running in the cloud from every company, but uh, not completely in the cloud. Because um, if you look at what we have today, um, we have uh, smartphones um, connecting to all sorts of clouds. We have um, computers connecting to the cloud. And sometimes you really feel like there's a, a lot going on in, in, that, um, in the airspace. So uh, let the network guys do their job. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to be far into the cloud, but not yet completely in. And, um, yeah, hope... I really hope uh, I miss the prediction and they can make it faster because that would be great for business. Thank you. I have to go back to Peter before I do my wrap-up here. Peter, you said we won't be using the word cloud. Come on, human nature, we need a buzzword. We need something cool to hang it on. What would replace the word cloud? Give me a quick estimate. What word do you would you nominate to replace cloud in five to ten years? Okay. Well, I mean, maybe i got to ex explain that a little bit more. I think we're just going to talk about solutions. So, of course, now we're calling everything that's cloud, cloud, everything that's not, something else. I just think the user at the end of the day wants their solution. So I think we're going to use solution. Okay. Yes, not as... here. And the solution ahead, will be personalized, self-service, and on-demand. And that's the key thing. Thank you. Great. I love a wrap-up where everybody wants to have a piece of it. I have a couple of announcements to make next week here on In the Cloud with Game Changers. We talk about the cloud-creating jobs. You don't want to miss that. Very important. Everybody's talking about the economy. So will we. The week after, we're going to talk about ProServe. That's a buzzword. Professional services, why they're thriving in the cloud. Also want to remind you right here on the Business Channel, Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern, we also have a show called Coffee Break with Game Changers. And two of my guests today have already been on that series. And we talk about anything and everything, but we are reserving cloud topics for this series. May 16th, coming up next week on Coffee Break, will be – oh, this is great – University of Mississippi Old Miss has actually developed a mobile app that is changing the way college newspapers exist. College News Goes Mobile. We'll talk to the CIO of Old Miss. We'll talk to the guy who helped her invent the app. We'll talk to Dan Mahold, SVP, a senior of SVP. I just gave her a promotion. VP of Mobility at SAP. I want to do some shout-outs. Thank you to Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, Carolyn Brock, and the Business Channel team for getting us on the air here in my big news about Sapphire. You ready for this, kids? I will be doing over t almost 25 live interviews remote with Malcolm Kimberlin on the floor at Sapphire with influencers and customers and all kinds of interesting people asking them what's the most game-changing 
thing you have seen or heard about while at Sapphire Now, and we'll be putting those on the air on a special version of Coffee Break with Game Changers, and we might even put some on cloud in the cloud. And the Business Channel team, Ryan, etc., will be helping us produce those clips. So thank you very much. How much time do we have? 30 seconds. We're out of time. I want to thank Kamesh Pemaraju, Laurent Lachelle. Peter Russo, Evelyn Rivera Condelaria, thank you so much for being my very special guest today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I hope your cloud forecast is a great one. We'll see you right here next week, Thursdays on the Business Channel. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you again for being part of In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Please join Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. And be sure to tune in to our other program, Coffee Break with Game Changers, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, also on the Business Channel. Between shows, visit us at www.sapgamechangersradio.com. <laughs>